0: Under review today, it is March Madness season, it's the NCAA Tournament Week, and it is our college basketball NCAA Tournament podcast, so uh, throughout this weekend we'll have all of the first round games, but this is kind of my episode to share my opinions on every college basketball team, my predictions for the bracket, and I have a special guest, Larry Larson, joining me as well, and uh, he knows a lot about mid-major madness and all of these lower seeds that are... Potentially seeking an upset in the tournament and making some noise. So I have him on. It's a good hour, hour and a half maybe of us just talking college hoops, breaking everything down and getting a good gauge of what to expect come the weekend. It was a lot of fun. Um, And of course... Sports are dominated by the tournament this time of year, so we had to have that and just a special episode, so please enjoy, fill out your brackets, join your pools, use my advice if you want. Uh, If you think it's stupid advice, definitely don't use it, and you probably will, but uh, we've got it all, and hopefully we crown a champion and figure out who's going to be an indie in the Final Four and who will cut down the nets in Indianapolis as the national champion. We'll find out after further review. Today is Wednesday, March 17th, 2021, and this is After Further Review, Episode 5 with Sam Phelan, talking NCAA Tournament and March Madness Preview. I've got the whole bracket, so I'm going to be giving you my entire predictions and my entire breakdown Coming up on this show, but I brought in a very special guest for the show, a good friend of mine named Larry Larson, who does a lot of work with college basketball for the Missouri Valley Conference and is the founder of a sports media company called Clutch Sports in Illinois, covering amateur and college hoops. So I have an interview with him, and we break down the whole bracket and we see eye to eye on some of the bigger things um, and some disagreements in the first round. And stuff that I'm sure conversations you're having with your friends, your buddies that you're in a pool with um, experts that you might disagree with, but it'll all be figured out this weekend. So we'll turn it over to that interview now and go to the breakdown. Okay. And now we welcome on a very special guest, our first guest on the show to ever make an appearance. He is an editor and sports writer broadcaster for the Bradley Braves of the Missouri Valley conference covering college basketball and a founder of clutch sports media in Illinois covering amateur hoops in the Midwest. It's Larry Larson joining me on After Further Review right now. Larry, thank you very much. Sam, I'm I'm honored to be uh, the first guest. And Number one. A whole lot. Yeah, special guy for a special week and I, I told you I wanted you to come on because, you know, this is kind of your time right here. I know you're a big basketball guy. You spend a lot of time uh, covering various teams and Congratulations, by the way, on your uh, home conference, the Missouri Valley Conference, grabbing two bids for this year's tournament. A Very special uh, for all the Valley fans.
1: Oh, for sure, dude. I, I know that everybody was, you know, holding their breath going into Selection Sunday, wondering if Drake was going to get in. It looked like Bradley kind of did him in at the end of the regular season, but everybody's pretty excited for sure.
0: That two-point win over Missouri State in the MVC tournament ends up being the difference maker for them. They're right there. Uh, And kind of some questionable calls on which teams were in the playing games. They do have a tough draw, I think, with Wichita State. But I want to hear your opinions just right off the bat, talking Loyola Chicago, talking Drake, the two MVC teams in the tournament, Loyola with the eight-seed matchup in the Midwest region against Georgetown, and then, of course, Wichita State, Drake will be a first-four game tomorrow. Uh, Which of those two teams do you like their matchup more? And who do you think can go on the bigger run?
1: Oh, boy. Well, it's it's a tough question because I think Loyola Chicago has a better draw in their first game against Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech's a hot team for sure, you know, riding to that ACC tournament title. Nobody really saw that coming, but they got hot at the right time. And whenever you're in March, you want to ride the hot hand. But I do think Loyola is also very hot. They're playing well. They were the best team in the conference without a doubt in the Missouri Valley down the stretch, and they just mowed through the MBC tournament. They made it look easy uh, on their way to the automatic bid. So I like them in their first-round matchup. I do think Drake can beat Wichita State, but like you said, it's going to be a tough draw, but the Bulldogs, they get uh, Shanquan Hempill back after he broke his foot about a month ago. He missed the final two, three weeks of the regular season, but he's back, and that's huge because he's their leading scorer. Uh, Drake plays with a very, very short bench, usually one or two guys off the bench. I know when they were at Bradley, they were missing Roman Penn, their starting point guard, as well as Hemphill. And so they literally played five guys for, I would say, 75% of the game. They only had two guys coming off the bench for a few minutes at a time, and it was insane. So as long as Drake stays fresh with their legs and getting Hemphill back is going to help, I think they've got a good shot. Uh, but I do think Loyola has a better chance at making a run. I think they're built more for a deeper run. In March, you need depth, right? You know, you're going to run into foul yep. trouble. You're going to run into, you know, getting banged up. Everybody's going all in, putting all the chips on the table. So people are going to get bumps and bruises. You need depth off the bench. And Loyola, deepest team in the MBC, arguably one of the deepest teams in this tournament. But I don't like their second-round draw.
0: So yeah, I, I, that's what I was gonna ask you too. I want to talk about Cameron Crutwig because he is MVC Player of the Year, incredible player, obviously the best player on Loyola. Um, and if you do think that they can get past Georgetown, or, uh, sorry, Georgia Tech, which many people think they can, they are sitting there looking at a number one seed, Illinois, and Kofi Coburn down in the paint. Um, I will I will say Loyola good passing team, good defensive team, best team in the country defensively uh, by Ken Palm. So that's something to look out for and Illinois might have their hands full with them, but can Krutwig bang down low with Kofi Coburn? That's a big man down there.
1: Oh man. I, you know, frankly, I don't think he can. Uh, It's two big guys and Krutwig, I I would say Coburn's a little more muscular, I think. And we're not going to dig into the detail of, of both their builds, but I think just Coburn is. Well, the athleticism is obvious. Yes, exactly. You know, with, with Krutwig, his his points, his assists come because the, the team surrounding him. Not to say that he's not a great player, but they sort of run the offense through him. It's very creative. You know, whether he's in the high post or the low post, he can always pass out of it and find a guy on the perimeter to shoot the three. And that's where a lot of his production comes from. So that spreads out the defense and allows him to get a little more one-on-one matchups. It'll be interesting to see how he handles Kofi Coburn on defense because – the Valley has a lot of good big men, but they don't have anybody like Kofi Coburn. Yeah. Last year, Loyola had to play Liam Robbins, who was on Drake, but then transferred to Minnesota. Big Ten and fans he, will remember that I name. mean, he had
0: a tremendous year at Minnesota, too. That, he was a force down low. Yes. He, even against Kofi Coburn as well. He got a lot of bl- great shot blocker, Liam Robbins. Oh, for sure,
1: and I know Valley fans were disappointed when he left Drake. And imagine that Drake team with Liam Robbins. Oh, man. man, that that would have been crazy. But with Krutwig, I just he's not faced a matchup like Kofi Coburn this year, so it's going to be a challenge for him. Uh, but then again, you know you're talking about a very experienced player, a player that went to the Final Four as a freshman and has really been the catalyst for this Loyola squad for a full four years now, and might come back for a fifth. So. He's the center of the offense. He's the leader on that team. I don't think he's going to be daunted by the challenge by any means, and I still think he'll put up a number against Coburn, but I just don't, I don't see him being enough, and I think Illinois is going to capitalize on the matchup a little bit. Um, but I will say, of all the possible opponents for Illinois in the Midwest region, I think Loyola will give them a scare just because uh, of how good they defend. And I know a lot of people are picking Illinois – yeah, to lose to Loyola.
0: Well, I mean, and you get in those special rivalry games too. I, I, as an Illinois fan, Illinois native, I see it every year when Illinois takes on Northwestern, and it's two teams that are so like different and their talent level, and obviously that's a game Illinois should win. That thing usually comes down to the wire because you get those high adrenaline games. And that's why the tournament's so special as well, because the tournament doesn't make sense. You know, on, on paper, you look at all these number four seeds and there's no way they should be losing to these 13s. And there's no way a one should go down to an eight or a nine because they're a better, more skilled team. That's why they're in the number one seed, but it doesn't always make sense. Um, and I think everybody in the Chicagoland area, everybody in Illinois, rooting to see the two hometown teams match up against each other. It'd be nice if we could root for them separately, and it wasn't—they uh, weren't mutually exclusive going forward to the Sweet Sixteen. Uh, but it's gonna be fun, and and that region. I first saw that region come out in the Midwest, and I was a little worried for Illinois with Loyola in the second round, potentially a Sweet 16 game against Cade Cunningham and Oklahoma State, and then a dangerous West Virginia team that's explosive on the other end of things uh, to potentially meet you in the Elite Eight if they get past Houston.
1: Yeah, for sure. That, that Midwest region is tricky. Uh, a lot of teams that wear orange as well, I saw a stat on that. I want to say like six teams I, have their primary color the is obsc- orange,
0: which is wild amount of orange. <laughs>
1: yeah, no kidding. Interesting, but that's besides the point. Illinois, I, I think they're battle-tested. I think they're built for a difficult region. Obviously, you know, the fourth overall seed, I believe. So they get the hardest region, arguably. I, I still like their chances. I've got yeah. them going to the Final Four. But I, I still think that Loyola matchup is going to be maybe their hardest, you know, assuming it happens, uh, just because of the defensive factor. Um, the other teams, you mentioned Cade Cunningham. That's a, that's a popular pick, Cade Cunningham
0: and I mean, he's the State can,
1: over Illinois. Yeah, he's the, Kemba,
0: he's the Kemba candidate, you know. He's the guy that can take over the tournament by himself, and there's, there's a few names like that, but um... – He's playing Liberty in the first round, too, which uh, A-Sun team, uh, I'm out here in A-Sun country right now, and I think the Liberty Flames have a very, very good chance in that game, but if they do get past Liberty, Cade Cunningham gets hot. I think he can carry them past just about anybody.
1: That's true, but when it's March, you never want to rely on just one guy. That's a big one. How I like to put it, it's, it's the John Morant factor, right? We went into the tournament two years ago. Everybody's saying, oh, Murray State's gonna go to the Elite Eight, Sweet 16, because of John Morant, and they lost in the second round. And obviously, Oklahoma State's a much better team than that Murray State team was, but I still think it's the same factor. You know, that it's a lot of pressure on a young man to say, oh, this guy's gonna carry his team to the final four. I just don't see it. He's so talented, gonna be the top overall pick, but I'm I'm not drinking the
0: Kool-Aid. I think one of the things for me, why I've been so high on Oklahoma state and I recorded about 10 days ago now, last Monday, before all the power five conference tournaments talked about all of them. And I went off on a little rant about how special I thought Oklahoma state could be not only because of the star power of Kate Cunningham, but to me, it was their win on March 6th at West Virginia. They won by five without Kate Cunningham. Avery Anderson third had 31 points in that game on 11 of 14 shooting from the field. And when I saw it, was similar to the Illinois game at Michigan for me. Obviously, those wins are kind of on different levels. Uh, but when Illinois won at Michigan without Ayo Desunmu, and you were able to look at that team and say, wow, Demonte Williams is for real. Trent Frazier can really step up and get buckets quick. Jacob Grandison has really come off their bench and m- made a big impact. When I looked at that, I said, okay, they have the depth to do this thing. And that was the same thing with Oklahoma state there in that West Virginia game where I'm actually shocked that West Virginia's the three in this region and Oklahoma state's the four, because I think they proved that they're a deeper and better team down the stretch. And then you add Kate Cunningham to that mix. They're playing really, really good basketball when it matters most. So you might not be drinking the Kool-Aid. I am drinking the Kool-Aid. I could be made the fool on the first round. If the flames have their way with them. um, but I do want to go region by region here. Um, you and I can just bounce off of each other, so uh, I'll turn it over to you if you want to go ahead and get things started with the West region and sure. uh, talk about Gonzaga. Give me your bracket, so you and I gonna fill out our brackets right here um, on the show. And if you have a uh, a big disagreement, something like that, let's bounce. Let's let's do it. Let's go to war here. So you start so, off.
1: Sure, sure. So with the West region. I've got a, a few picks that people have questioned so far, um, but I'm pretty much going chalk at the end. So I've got Gonzaga making it out of the West region. No surprise there. Yep. I think they've been the best team in the country uh, this year. really just depends. You know, I, I think that title could go to a few teams, but Gonzaga, they look like the real deal, needless to say, at least enough to make it to the Final Four. So I've got them going to the final four. But in the middle, things get a little dicey. So I've got Oklahoma beating Missouri. Uh, I think Missouri, you know, they started hot. But, again, you got to ride the hot hand in March. Two teams that have been sliding into March, but I like Oklahoma in this one. Uh, Creighton, UCSB, I don't see an upset there. Uh, I think Creighton, they've dealt with a lot at the end of the season, but I think they can pull this one out.
0: i got to tell you real quick that Creighton UCSB and the Virginia Ohio on that side of the bracket. And then over on the South side of the bracket, looking at the Winthrop Villanova and the North Texas Purdue, those four matchups I have gone back and forth in my head about for the last four days. And I still don't know who I like to win all of them because I I don't, I just get, I get weird feelings with those four 13, sometimes and, Uh, obviously Ohio with Jason Preston, I'm sure you'll get to it is, is a matchup. Everybody's taking now and everybody's starting to talk about And so me being the big, uh, you know, I think when everybody
1: else zags, well,
0: I'm a superstitious guy, man. So I hear everybody saying, take Ohio. All of a sudden I just want to go, I want to put down a V really quick in the, in the second round.
1: Yeah. And it's funny you bring that up because I've got Ohio, I've got Ohio going to the sweet 16. Um, is one guy going to be enough to carry them? I don't know. Maybe. We saw Preston play so good in that Illinois game and nearly will the Bobcats to a victory over what has now proved to be one of the best teams in the country. That's impressive. If he can do that in November, he can probably do it in March against a Virginia team that is also kind of, you know, been shaky going into March Madness. You know, they they lost that uh, in the ACC tournament, you know, I'm not sure if it was them or or somebody had a COVID issue.
0: Yeah, um, they got they got booted with a COVID issue, which um, we kind of adding on to everything being all complicated here is something that nobody really has had to deal with before, and especially in this region, when you look at two of the top four seeds in Virginia and in Kansas having these COVID problems, you're not really sure. How a team bounces back for some of these teams, it could be the rest that they needed. It could be they're still picking up right where they left off playing good basketball, or it could be the thing that does them in. So it's been really hard, I think, for bracket makers and college basketball fans to gauge where these teams are going to be at and who is going to be out with COVID. That's a question we don't even have answered yet for Virginia.
1: Yeah, and... lord willing everything's going to go to plan for the NCAA tournament I think I saw somewhere that all the teams are good to go no contingency plans are going to be used which is a good thing but like you said you just don't know you know what guys had COVID who's there who's in the bubble who's not who's going to come late uh you see a lot of those issues with Kansas and I'm sure we will discuss Kansas here shortly of course because they're in this west bracket but yeah, Virginia, a team that's had a lot of ups and downs this year. Uh, so I like the upset. You know, what's March Madness without a, a few upsets? And I think Ohio is is one of my biggest. I've got them upsetting Creighton in the second round to go to the Sweet 16 and then lose to Gonzaga. Uh, moving down a little bit, I I don't like the matchup for either Wichita State or Drake against USC. Isaiah Mo- Mobley, great player. Uh, I think he's one of those guys that's going to become a star in March. You know, he's out there in the Pac-12 Nobody here in the Midwest, nobody on the East Coast watches a lot of Pac-12, but they're going to be entertained when they see him play. Uh, so I think USC beats Wichita State or Drake. Hopefully it's Drake um, rooting for the Bulldogs in that one. And then I think USC beats Kansas uh, because Kansas, like we've talked about, they're a team with those COVID issues, you know, a few guys not making the trip, a few guys coming late, there's a lot of volatility. I think the Jayhawks yeah. make it past Eastern Washington, but I think they lose to USC And then I've got VCU over Oregon and Iowa over Grand Canyon and Iowa making it to the elite eight to lose to the Zags.
0: Yeah. I mean, not too many differences for me. I also think, USC is a team not enough people are talking about. It's kind of fun to take the 11 seed over the six a lot, but Evan Mobley is one of the best players in the country, certainly the most dominant big man in, in the country. And USC, by the way, the tallest team in all of college basketball by average height, so they bring a lot of size and athleticism. That is going to be a lot for teams that are unprepared, I like Kansas. I liked Kansas two weeks ago, but I don't like that second round matchup. And especially with the COVID and uh, the COVID shutdown that they had and the unknown, I think USC rolls them. I was tempted to take USC to beat Iowa as well. And I'm praying for that matchup. Cause I think Evan Mobley banging down low with Luca Garza would be just must see TV. Um, Other than that, I had Virginia going to the Sweet 16. I kind of flipped those two. I like the Gauchos of Santa Barbara to win in the first round over Creighton. Uh, They're kind of riding a hot hand right now. Plus, how could you, I mean, I I don't know. I sound like my mother right now, but how could you ever pick against somebody named the Gauchos? That's just, you know, that's a match made in heaven right there. So I've got UCSB advancing there uh, and Virginia prevailing over Jason Preston and uh, Ohio, and then, uh, Virginia beating UCSB and that run coming to an end there, uh, but not too many differences. I'm going to move down to the East. Um, I I'm pretty, pretty similar to you. I have a few things that I want to talk about in the East, pretty passionate about this region. So I do have Michigan advancing. I do not have Michigan coming out. And I'll tell you my final four team out of the East region is the Texas Longhorns. Another dude. Yep. Yeah. Another team that I've fallen in love with, similar to Oklahoma State, where I think they're now my new Oklahoma State with their win over Oklahoma State. They're playing their best basketball. Shaka Smart is an incredible coach for the tournament, um, and they're battle-tested in the Big 12. They've played the Baylors. They've played the OK States. They've played Kansas. um, And they're playing really good right now. Now, they shoot the ball well, they move quickly, they press good defense in the three-point line. They play from with that same play style Baylor does. They've just lost the games against Baylor early on, but I think right now you can make the argument Texas is a more dangerous team than the Bears going into the tournament. So I do have them coming out. I have them defeating Florida State in the Elite Eight, who I think is a, a team that has a lot of – volatility but like also a lot a lot of potential you it's really hard for me to pick against florida state in the ncaa tournament with what they've been able to do in recent years a great defensive team you'll see one, one of my trends in my bracket and teams that i have making runs is these great defensive teams with great athleticism are teams that i have going far i like that they're consistently going to be outsized or they're going to outsize their opponent in just about every matchup and it really comes down to the loss of livers for Michigan. And without uh, without Michigan being at full strength and being able to be the dominant one seed they were in the Big Ten all year long, I think it opens the door for some of these teams. I do have Michigan going to the Sweet 16. I've seen the popular Bonnies or LSU Tigers taking them out in the second round as kind of a, a, an up-and-coming upset pick. I think Michigan survives that. I think Jawan Howard is a good coach. They still have too much talent to to go out that early. Um, And I believe in the Big Ten. I I really do believe in the Big Ten, so it it hurts me to take them out that early. But, yeah, so I have Michigan. I do have LSU beating St. Bonaventure. I I like what they did in the SEC tournament. I think their talent is really better, just just better than St. Bonaventure. Uh, The A-10 was weak for me this year. Uh, Davidson wasn't special i st louis wasn't all that special to me so i'm not huge on st bonaventure like some people are so michigan lsu michigan advancing and i do think colorado survives georgetown i know patrick ewing and and georgetown is another and the hoyas are a fun pick but i'm not sold you got to win more games than go one game over 500 including a conference tournament a big east tournament which shout out the big east but it was COVID that got Georgetown through that conference tournament. In my opinion, they, they had a free pass for the semifinal uh, that would have been a tough game otherwise. Um, and then my other first round upset that I have is, I think the winner of Michigan state UCLA takes out BYU in the first round. I think those are two incredibly talented teams. UCLA has gone head to head to head with USC on multiple occasions and Michigan state, let's not forget has wins over Ohio state, Illinois, Michigan and they have a guy named Tom Izzo in March and that's one of the January February Izzo in March April shout out John Rothstein for that one but it's just what right. the guy does he he wins games in the tournament um, so I think it'll be Michigan State and I think they take out BYU and at least get one there
1: our west or excuse me east bracket is pretty much the same I love that Texas pick coming out of the east and like you said Michigan, I think they're a little worn down. You know, they lose livers. That's such a huge piece for them. And I like FSU's build. That's what got them on a bit of a run a few years ago is their size. You know, their their physicality, their defense. And like you said, defense wins games. I'm a big defense guy. You know, defense always reigns supreme in mid-major basketball. And that's why a lot of these Cinderella stories happen is because of the strong defense So, and of course, FSU is not necessarily a Cinderella story. They're a known commodity. You know, they would be the favorite. They were the favorite to win the ACC tournament. But of course, you know, we're upset at the time by um, Georgia Tech to come out and, and win that tournament. But I think FSU kind of finds their footing and I think they make it to the Elite Eight and I've got them losing to Texas there. I wholeheartedly agree with Michigan State. That's the team that's hit their stride at the right time. And they had a really bad loss in the first round of the Big Ten tournament, though. That's the one thing that concerns me a little bit, but I still think that Tom Izzo and March, like you said, that's just a factor that can't necessarily be quantified. But I think they've got the talent and, of course, the coaching. That now the will help team. them win at least one game
0: yeah, a team that can't really be quantified either. I mean, we, you talk about their huge wins. They can beat anybody in the country and then turn around and lose by 20 to Minnesota the next day. So that's kind of been the weird thing for Michigan state for me is just when I thought like, okay, here we go. Michigan state's back and and they're a force to be reckoned with. They lost a couple games in the big 10 tournament and uh, wrapping up the regular season that I thought they should have won, but I would have liked to see them not have the play-in game simply because of those quadrant one wins that they have down the stretch. Um, I'm not the committee, but I, I think you got to get Tom Izzo into that first round of 64 because we know what he can do.
1: Yeah, I go back and forth a little bit. I think Michigan State was was very weak at the beginning of the season. You know, just not consistent enough. So I don't I don't mind putting them in the play-in game. And I think also it's a ratings deal. I mean, if Michigan State's in the playing game, everybody's going to watch the playing game. I know I will, as well as that Wichita State-Drake matchup, former conference teams going at it. I mean, of course I'm going to watch the playing games this year. So there's a lot of good storylines in those, and I'll, I'll certainly be watching. Uh, moving down the bracket a little bit, I like UConn to beat that Maryland team that beat Michigan yeah. State um, in the Big Ten tournament. I went back and forth, but Boat Knight is just so good, or I, I don't even know how to pronounce his name. Boat Wright, Boat Knight, whatever. He's good. Uh, that's the bottom line. And another player that's going to come up big in March. I don't think they're going to beat Alabama,
0: but I think it's they're a possibility. though. You, you see UConn on that seven line. I think everybody gets a little bit of PTSD, and <laughs> they were disappointing in the, the, the Big East tournament with their loss to Creighton. But they can do some damage, and they're a team that uh, when I first looked at the bracket, I was like, okay, UConn, not a huge deal. But when you really sit down and break down their schedule, they defeated USC earlier in the season right before Big East play. That was really their only game outside of the Big East that mattered much. And then they did go 11-6 in conference uh, down the stretch, but they're hot right now. They three-point loss to Creighton. But UConn's deep, too. We, we, we mentioned depth earlier. They have six, seven, eight guys in that rotation that can step up and give them quality, quality minutes on a nightly basis.
1: For sure. And that's that's definitely a big factor. So I, I like them beating Maryland. Um, I went back and forth on that one, though, because Maryland, they proved they can beat good teams. So I wouldn't be shocked to see the Terps win. Uh, but like you said, UConn, the hot hand. Yeah, uh, They've also got a star in addition to that depth. So – there are they're gonna be fun to watch and I think they could give Bama a run. I think Bama's gonna be one of those, possibly one of those seeds that gets eliminated the first weekend or, you know, gets scared the first weekend. But then I've got them losing to Texas yeah. in the uh, elite or excuse me, sweet sixteen, and then Texas beating FSU and moving out of the region. But I think the East is going to be a lot of fun. A few yeah. upsets and, and things getting shaken up. Um,
0: that to me is the one bracket. Like That's the one section of the bracket. I feel like if there's going to be one that is utter chaos, that's the one you have to look at. Because I think both your one and two seeds, um, I just don't have a ton of confidence in one of them to be the voice of reason and, and kind of hold, it, hold down the fort there. I wouldn't be surprised to see a – Uh, a six versus an eight in in the, the elite eight there. That's that if there's going to be the one bracket where it's just a mess, that's where I think that's the most fun one for me, for sure.
1: Oh, for sure. And honestly, like looking at that East region, that's the one I've kind of, you know, thought about the least, believe it or not. Like I have just kind of went with my gut. I think Texas, I watched them. I'm impressed. I'm a big fan of Courtney Ramey. I think he's the real deal. And so, I, I don't know, I just feel Texas. I like Shaka Smart, like you said, yep. great coach, and I think his time has come. You know, some people could have said that he was coaching for his job entering this year, but now, you know, he put together a great run for the Longhorn, so I'm excited to see what they can do.
0: Absolutely, and I'm right there with you, like I said. So, uh, move on to the south here. Baylor, Baylor in the top right section of the bracket. Uh, what do you got? Hit me with it.
1: Oh, man. In the South, I this is the one region I really don't have my mind made up as to who will come out. I really like Ohio State. I think they're a good team. I think sending Illinois to overtime, shorthanded, says a lot about that group. I'm a big fan of VJ Liddell. PJ Washington is great. They're just a fun team to watch. And I think they're a Final Four caliber team. But then you look at Baylor, in my opinion, when you look at Baylor on paper, I think they are the best team in the country on paper. I know I said earlier is the best team in the country because they've been undefeated. They've dominated teams that they need to dominate, and they're a great team, sure. But it, you look at Baylor's size, you look at Baylor's athleticism, you look at Baylor's defense, it's just so good and it's so hard to defend. They play this positionless basketball that can really come out and beat anybody. Will they beat anybody? That becomes the question. So I've yeah. got Baylor going to at least the elite and I've got right now either Ohio State or Baylor coming out. I might shake that up. I really don't know. One team I'm high on is Texas Tech. Yeah. Because they went to the Final Four a few years back. I like Mack McClung, another star player that I'm kind of drinking the Kool-Aid on. But I think they've got a complete group, and we talked about the Big 12 earlier, I don't know. Texas Tech is, is a team that lost twice to Baylor, played them close in one game. You know, they beat Texas once. They've lost to a few teams. You know, they kind of split the season series with a few good teams. And so they kind of got beaten up in the Big 12. But I, because of that experience, I think they're going to go to at least the Sweet 16. I like them beating Arkansas in the second round. I think Arkansas beats the
0: the Texas Tech Arkansas second round matchup for me is just a back a and forth
1: popular pick. upset pick now
0: yeah it, it can go back and forth i i mean i that's one of those ones i've sat there and stared at for quite some time here because i like mac mcclung i like his playmaking ability i like the way he i i believe he can take over a game um and and hit that last second shot that every team needs to hit but arkansas they've got some players moses moody the true freshman six foot six forward kind of gr- great scorer for them and they just score the basketball Arkansas is able to pour it in so um yeah that that's one that I still struggle with now
1: yeah Arkansas has got a good team I like Eric Musselman uh, a character and a fun coach to listen to in press conferences and interviews and such so easy team to root for but down the stretch they kind of faltered a little bit I mean they had a great season one of the best and in recent memory, in Arkansas, you know Musselman brought in a great recruiting class. Jalen Williams, among them, guy I saw play last year at the high school level, guy who can dominate, score on the inside. Uh, so I like that Arkansas team. I just don't like them better than Texas Tech. Um, that's just one of those teams that you get a gut feeling about. You think, okay, I, I think they can make a run. I'm probably going to be wrong on that one, but I'm going to ride with Texas Tech to the Sweet 16. I've got Florida over Virginia Tech. Uh, and like I said, Ohio State, I'm high on. But let's move up to the top of the South.
0: Yeah, that's, this is about what that. I need you to break down for yes, me. Yes, yes,
1: sir. North Carolina, Wisconsin. Well, I'm a Big Ten fan. I'm big on the Wisconsin group. I think Dimitri Trice stepped up down the stretch. When everybody else was kind of struggling for Wisconsin, Trice is the guy. I don't know if you watched that Illinois-Wisconsin game. Illinois was up double digits or something like eight points with, you know, about ninety seconds left, and Trice just went off, and somehow kept making shot after shot after shot. He's a clutch player you want on your team in March, and I think him, uh, in addition to the, you know, the grittiness of Brad Davison, grittiness, dirty play, whatever you want to call it, um, I think he's got great experience. Uh, those two guys in the backcourt. And Nate Reavers in the front court. You know that's a that's a good group, a good solid Wisconsin group, and a, a team that always seems to put it together in March. Uh, so I like them moving past a young North Carolina group with a lot of talent. That's going to be such a fun game to watch, though. I can't wait. I've got Winthrop over Villanova. That might yeah. be the most popular first round upset. It has to, to
0: be. But uh, I mean, it, you. I mean, I'm sure you would say it all right here. But n- no, Colin Gillespie for Villanova. Yep which is just a heartbreaker and a backbreaker for them. And I like the idea of giving them time to prepare for who they are. But I think Winthrop is not just a good upset pick. I think they're a really, really, really talented basketball team. And, I mean, the record speaks for itself. You don't go 23-1 and without having a special group of guys that can band together. And who knows – if you're in a full season where Winthrop might be able to get another out-of-conference game or extend this play a little bit. But if they're starting to sit at 28-1, and 29-1, who knows how high that seeding climbs for them. And they've gotten the job done against everybody. Say what you want about the Big South. They've taken care of business uh, year in and year out here, and they've built a culture that without, without Gillespie for Villanova, I yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I have it in my bracket. I think they have to take advantage.
1: Yeah, and you talk culture. I mean, look at Villanova. They've built up a great culture, and Jay Wright. So it's it's hard to count them out, but I, I think this pick kind of speaks to Winthrop. I mean, you got to be a good team to beat Nova in March. So I, I think Winthrop has what it takes. Nova, like you said, kind of hobbled into the tournament. So this is going to be one of the most popular picks. I mean, I don't know. I haven't looked at the spread or the money line or anything, but Winthrop is probably – getting close to favorite territory there <laughs> if there were one you know big seed discrepancy upset to be the favorite i would say winthrop is i've got purdue over north texas now i i thought about it a little bit north texas a good team that played loyola earlier in the year and gave loyola a somewhat decent game but loyola eventually kind of ran him out of the gym near the tail end of the game um but i like purdue in this one just they've been battle tested in the big 10 you know, you get that conference schedule. They've played good teams decently, but, you know, you look at the Big Ten schedule, they haven't had, like, a big, big win. You know, they haven't beat Illinois, uh, Michigan, teams like that like Michigan State has. So, Purdue is, Purdue, I've got my doubts about Purdue.
0: Yeah, Purdue has not defeated a team in the Big Ten that is higher than them in the Big Ten rankings all season long. So they did, they did give Ohio State that scare – in the big 10 tournament uh but they're they've yet to win the big one for me this one doesn't really make a ton of basketball sense this is kind of that gut feeling that you were talking about with the team where I, i'm a big conference usa fan i think that th- there are a lot of good teams between louisiana tech uab western kentucky who almost got an at-large bid to make them a two-bid conference there they were a few wins away and I mean, Western Kentucky beat Alabama earlier in this year. North Texas beat them at the buzzer to uh, really win uh, the CUSA tournament. But you talk about 20 wins for Louisiana Tech, 20 wins for UAB, 20 wins for Western Kentucky. Old Dominion has been a good program in the past. And this North Texas team, to me as well, has been – They've played the tournament team. The biggest thing that scares me about some of these teams coming in and trying to get an upset is that you're just so overwhelmed. And when you play a team, especially like Purdue, with Zach Eadie and as, the, as much size and height that Purdue brings to the table, and I'm a Matt Painter fan. I, You know, death tax is Matt Painter. And I, I, I'm a Matt Painter fan, but they've played the power – Five teams that they've played Arkansas. It gave them a good game. Played Mississippi State. Gave them a good game. They were down by five within five for most of the game at West Virginia back in December. Uh, as you said, they played Loyola, Chicago. So they they've taken on these teams outside of conference that are forces in in the NCAA tournament. And I think Purdue is also overseeded here. I don't think they're a four um, because of just not having that big win, I'd be more comfortable with Purdue as at a five or a six. And I, I've just got a, a, a feeling in my gut about the mean green in this one where I keep telling myself, don't be an idiot. You know, Purdue's a sweet 16 team, but I, I can't help myself. I think North Texas might pull a shocker.
1: I, uh, I don't blame you. I, I like that. And I like any mid-major team that has played an intense schedule. And So North Texas is one of those teams. Loyola is one of those teams. They played Wisconsin in the non-conference. They picked up that North Texas game, even when conference schedules kind of resumed. They played Richmond, who is one of the uh, mid-major powers at the start of the year. Uh, North Texas definitely a battle-tested team, but like you said, it kind of comes down to winning. So yeah. they were close to winning against true, these big teams. true, true, true. But can they finish the deal? I don't know. I uh, mean, I, I, I so you know when in doubt, I'm rolling with the Big Ten. I've got Purdue and I've got Purdue beating Winthrop to go to the sweet yep. Sixteen, team, but I don't think Purdue has a shot at Baylor.
0: No, no. And, and I agree with you. Uh, I mean, the biggest thing for me was Javon Hamlet for North Texas. Cause I do think they have the one guy that can shoot. And I like the fact that CUSA is a 14 team conference. So they had to get four wins in the tournament to win it. Um, if Purdue wins it, I think Purdue beats Villanova. If Purdue wins it, I think they beat Winthrop. Uh, but I think Baylor's on a different level. As you mentioned, I, I'm, I think I'm pretty – so who do you have in the final four? Remind me again. So
1: I can't pick right now. Um, but okay. for, for this purpose, let's go with Baylor. I, yep. I'm really high on that group. But the reason I've got my doubts is because they're not the hot hand right now. But then again, they're going to blow Hartford out of the water. I think they'll dispatch Wisconsin pretty easily. And at that point, you really get rolling. Then they're going to be hard to beat. Uh, So I've got Baylor right now, but I I could see either Baylor or Ohio state.
0: Yeah. I mean, I have a Baylor Ohio state. Yeah. Yeah. Right. We have another, some more time to mull things over. I have Baylor Ohio state in the elite eight as well. Um, I have Baylor winning the game and I was not that high on Ohio state until I saw them in that big 10 tournament. Obviously they were kind of scuffling to end the regular season, but the way e j Liddell and Dwayne Washington played especially Washington in that Illinois game, the way he was able to just simply take over the game, he was the best player on the floor for that night, and I think I would assume he was the best player in the country, but Dwayne Washington was the best player on the floor in the big Ten championship game, and when you have a guy like that, I know we talked about depth being so important, but I also think you do need a one one guy um, it 's something that I thought Illinois lacked last year was having the one guy who 's the last last shot guy who 's the Get a bucket when you're starving, guy. And that that's Ben Washington for Ohio State down the stretch here, but I think Baylor just might be too much. Uh, uh, I love Scott Drew. I love their defense. They have the highest point differential of any team in the country – Uh, that's in the power five conference with uh, keeping their opponents to 66 points per game. They play great defense. They can score with the best of them. Jared Butler, Macy Oteague. It is just a complete roster that I think people are sleeping on a little bit just because some of the hype has left. And I like what you said earlier. I agree with your statement earlier in the year. I was telling people Baylor should be number one. Baylor is a much better team than Gonzaga and I, they scuffled a little bit, but I mean, hats off to the Big 12 for putting out the type of incredibly – a lot of parity and incredibly competitive conference games that they did. But I do like the Bears, um, especially for the Final Four.
1: Oh, for certain. And Baylor's another team that kind of got tripped up by a COVID pause, right? I mean, they were firing on all cylinders to start the season. Like you said, I thought they were the best team in the country still. I still think that they are one of the best, if not the best. Top two on, on paper for sure. Just because, like you said, they've got that star power, not just, you know, the length and, you know, the depth on the roster, but I mean they're just, they're so much fun to watch. You know, they play that really good brand of basketball. And it's interesting, you know, we haven't seen it a ton until these last few years. You know, Baylor plays it, you know, you could argue FSU plays it as well, where it's just a bunch of big dudes on the floor who can handle the basketball and bang bodies inside too. So they're just so much fun to watch. And I was – I remember I watched the Illinois-Baylor game. I was thinking to myself, you know, if, if Illinois can pull this off, that's going to say a lot about Illinois. They just couldn't handle them in the second half. You know, they kept it a close game in the first half. And I think Illinois has come a long way since that
0: game. Yeah, for sure, different team now. But, yes. I mean
1: – I think that's a statement win for Baylor just because of how well they handled Illinois.
0: Yes. I mean, speaks to the way that they were able to suffocate teams outside of their conference as well. And I I think I do want to talk Illinois now, and I'm going to move on to the Midwest here. Let's do it. Because I think these are two teams that are doing kind of a flip flop where they're both incredibly fun to watch. Like you said, that's been the thing with Illinois. Everybody's saying is just like they enjoy watching them play basketball and it's really hard to not when, when you've got Andre Curbelo, Io Kofi Coburn walking out there in the blue and orange every week. But, but they're a team that you know three weeks ago, four weeks ago, was just a team that, w- that was going to get a two or a three seed. People weren't really that sold on. But the way that they came on late with their win over Michigan at Michigan, win against Wisconsin, win over Ohio State, win over Iowa – go into the Big Ten tournament, and then all of a sudden you keep rolling, beat Rutgers, beat Iowa again, beat Ohio State again. They are hot, to say the least, and they're the hottest team in the country. They're a team who now most of the experts say is the second best team in the country behind Gonzaga, Um, and a popular pick to win it all. I like Illinois. Illinois. Uh, but this Midwest region is, is another wild one to me. So I'll give you mine real quick. Uh, I'm going to, we already talked about it a little bit, so I'm just going to give you the picks and then you tell me where you defer. I have Illinois over Drexel. I have Georgia tech defeating Loyola Chicago. Um, I'm going to take Oregon state over Tennessee, uh, pulling that 12, five Oklahoma state to advance San Diego state over Syracuse, West Virginia, Rutgers and Houston. So, uh, I like Rutgers to get that first, that first win out of the way. I think they're hungry the same way Northwestern was when they made it back a few years ago. Um, second round here, Illinois over Georgia Tech. They'll meet Oklahoma State in the Sweet 16. I like San Diego State to beat West Virginia and go to the Sweet 16. I'm big, big on the Aztecs. Um, and then in a close game, I have Houston prevailing to meet Illinois in the Elite Eight where the Illini head to the Final Four. Um, so that's me. What do you got, Larry?
1: So the top half is kind of chalky for me. The bottom half is where I shake it up and, and definitely differ from you. I've got Loyola Chicago over Georgia tech just cause I saw that team play all year. And that's a team that's hitting its stride in March. The defense is just going to be a lot for Georgia tech to handle two hot teams. I've got Loyola kind of a Homer pick, but I mean, come on, it's the valley, you know. They I mean, can't,
0: I, can't pick against him. I wanted to make the Homer pick too. I, I would like that in-state Illinois matchup there, but I love Josh Pastner and what he's done with Georgia Tech. Jose Alvarado, when you come in and you're talking about an ACC tournament champion, the ACC here, like they, I mean, and I know they had a down year. It's no Big Ten, Big Twelve this year, but this is an ACC champion who has the. ACC defensive player of the year the ACC player of the year straight up um they're a re- Moses Wright. uh they're a really really good team I think they got both of these teams kind of got the short end of the stick because I think they're both misseeded and yes. the fact that Clemson is a seven and Georgia Tech is the nine I'm not sure how that happened here um and if you if you told me Georgia Tech was the seven and Loyola was the eight I like both of their matchups a lot better but fortunately and unfortunately we get to see the two teams go head to head in the first round
1: yeah I I think Loyola was criminally underseeded I mean you hear Porter Moser going on interviews talking about it and saying how they deserved a better seed. I don't disagree 10th in the net and that defense is is one of the best in the country and sure you know you've got measures for the committee beyond net to you know kind of compare schedules apples to apples and stuff but I still think Loyola is better than an eight seed. I think they deserve the seven. And I I think they could have played a a team like Rutgers and and had a bit of an easier path to maybe the Sweet 16 again, maybe the Elite Eight. Because I'm a big believer in that Loyola Chicago squad. I think if there's anybody that can beat Illinois, it's them just because of their defense. Uh, I've got Tennessee over Oregon State. I've got Oklahoma State over Liberty. Um, I like Cuse. Over the Aztecs, uh, G- Jim Beheim is another guy in March. You know, you got Syracuse as a double-digit seed. That's never a team you want to pick against in March. It's just one of those things. It's another gut thing. I think they've got the talent to do it as well. But you know, you look at Alan Griffin. What a what a key addition he's been. Uh, I, I don't want to him play at Illinois last. I don't year. want to
0: talk about Alan Griffin. Get hey,
1: on. hey, Ace Wolf, man. Ace Wolf uh, looked like an upgrade over Alan Griffin yeah. for a little bit there at the start of the season, but.
0: Whatever. We won't talk too much
1: about that. I like Cuse to go to the Elite Eight. Okay. Okay. okay so that's my boldest pick.
0: Yeah, I definitely your boldest pick. I, I'll take away. Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and say that for sure. Um, <laughs> I don't know about that one, Larry. I like San Diego State a lot. Um, I think people aren't giving them enough credit, and I understand. Like, I hated the matchup when I saw the bracket come out. Um, as a guy who likes to root for SDSU every year, I'm a fan of the program. I saw the Syracuse matchup. I said, oh no, <laughs> but you're to a team who is 23 and four and, and has played some good teams. They defeated UCLA big time, a team that snuck into the tournament. they, they lost the game to BYU, at Colorado State, a team that was just outside, but they are playing their best basketball right now. Again, beating Utah State in the Mountain West Championship. They've won, I believe it is 11 in a row or maybe even more than that, going back to January 16th, the last time this team lost a game. They hold their opponents to 60.6 points per game. So you want to talk about defense. These guys do it. They're undefeated against teams ranked in the top 25, 18 in ESPN's BPI ranking. I think they're slept on. People are sleeping on the Aztecs a little bit, but I do agree with you. I think their hardest challenge I actually like them to beat West Virginia more than I like them to get past Syracuse, which is the interesting one to me, similar to how you talked about Purdue and Villanova or, or was it, I don't remember which one it was, but it's one of those ones where it's weird because that first round matchup, you can see it going either way, but mm-hmm. then it has such dramatic effects on the west, the rest of that bracket. It's why the tournament's so hard though. It's why the brackets are so hard. For um, sure. and this is one of the big ones for me.
1: Yeah, you know, i it's one of those things where it doesn't necessarily make sense. It just – I think it's going to happen. You know, if it doesn't happen, I'm going to look really stupid having 11-seeded Syracuse in the early <laughs> hey, tournament you're in just my a, Elite Eight. But it's you're
0: just, just a Buddy Beheim guy. What can oh, you say?
1: You like I don't even like Syracuse or Jim Beheim or whatever. It's just a gut feeling. Like I texted one of my buddies who goes to Syracuse. I was like, okay, so is Syracuse making their inevitable run this year or what? He's like, oh, yeah, as a double-digit yeah. seed, of course they are. So it's just one of those things. I, it would be a fun matchup, them and Illinois in the uh, in the elite eight. Uh, and again, and that's a Griffin. lot of
0: orange. I don't know if I could handle all that, man. The oh, man. orange crush against just the straight-up orange, that's a lot for the eyes. I don't know if that's an aesthetically pleasing matchup, but it's good for basketball. I'm in for that.
1: Oh, man. I've got Tennessee over Oklahoma State. Yep. Old pick. But I don't know. I, I like Tennessee's experience a little better than Oklahoma State. It's another one of those gut things. It could go either way.
0: Tennessee's uh, a weird one for me, man. I'd like, yes, just so I agree. It's so unpredictable because I could see them losing to Oregon State and the, the way their offense can just shut down uh, seemingly on any given night. Um, but at the beginning of the year, that they were one of those top ten teams in the country that I were like, look out for these guys in March. Here we are in March with a five seed, which I think they're pretty fortunate to get a five seed. Um, the way they played in the SEC down the stretch. But, I mean, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they went to the Sweet 16, but I did pick them to lose in the first round to Oregon State because I've, I just, again, I have a feeling either Oregon State or Georgetown, one of those two teams that uh, stole a bid from those bubble teams are going to get in or are going to win a game a- after getting in because they always do and because it's the tournament, and why not?
1: Yeah, I, I it's perfectly fair. You know, I, I like those picks just like – Again, we've said it so many times, but you got to ride the hot hand. You know, Georgia Tech is another team that's got the hot hand. I don't think they're going to win, perhaps. Maybe Georgetown will, but we'll see. Uh, Tennessee, though, I-, I like Tennessee sort of marginally, uh, enough to pull off a- an upset over a good Oklahoma State team. And I think Illinois kind of handles their business. Um, I think Loy- Loyola-Chicago is going to be the closest game they play until the Elite Eight.
0: When, wow, that that says a lot, man. That that high. If they play, if they the play Tennessee,
1: I think they will handle Tennessee. If they play Oklahoma State, I think it'll be close. I think it'll be close, but man, you know, Cade Cunningham against I O, not a great matchup for Illinois, but you can't discount the experience Whoa. that I O has, that Demonte Williams has, that Illinois backcourt has, in addition to their front court. Of course, Cade Cunningham's a good shooter. He's a guy who likes to, to drive and slice and try and get on the inside. Cade Cunningham against Kofi Coburn, man.
0: Mm. Well, that, I mean, that that's what I was about to say. I think one thing everybody forgets about Illinois, you talk about Illinois, and everybody says, okay, it's Io versus this guy. It's Io versus this guy. You can give me IO versus Cade Cunningham. You can give me IO against any point guard in the country, and I'm going to feel okay because most teams in the country don't have a seven-foot Jamaican 300-pound dude banging down low dunking windmill dunks, and that, that, Illinois has that in Kofi Coburn. And, I mean, you saw it in Big Ten play down the stretch in some of those Big Ten tournament games, and when they went on that run playing their best basketball, it wasn't always 25 points and a triple-double for Mayo DeSumo. He did do that, but, I mean, that Ohio State game, he didn't play incredibly well, but they had a guy in Kofi Coburn who put up 14 points in the first eight minutes of that game and started to give you that lead that you needed. They have the big shot makers in Trent Frazier and DeMonte Williams that are the – I like to say seniors die hard, you know, and uh, Williams and Frazier have certainly been doing that. Uh, but, yeah, people don't speak enough about Coburn. The, I think the only fear, if you're Illinois, is uh, your bench, because I like their bench a lot. But I think with the inexperience on the bench out of Adam Miller and Andre Curbelo, as it electric and explosive as it can be, it can also be your Achilles heel at times. So I think that's the only fear. Um, but I think playing against some other inexperienced teams, I don't have a worry about Curbelo taking on a, a Tennessee or a Loyola Chicago or something like that. The only way I think that comes into play is when you get into those final four elite eight games and you're facing some of the better teams in the country with more experience and uh, just more veterans than you might have.
1: Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I hate to talk so much about this Loyola Chicago, Illinois matchup that, that might not even happen, but like, when I think about it, when I think about that Loyola-Chicago team, there's a player for everybody on Loyola's roster that matches up with everybody on Illinois' roster, in my opinion. You know, sure, there's that advantage for Kofi over Krutwig, and ultimately that's why I think Illinois would beat the Ramblers uh, because of that. But, you know, you've got Lucas Williamson, a defensive-minded wing guard, kind of matches up with DeMonte Williams, Also, switch it up.
0: Experienced in the same way. He was on that Final Four team and yes. had a few very big shots for Loyola in that run. Exactly. And you
1: match him up. You switch him maybe. Have him guard the one. Guard Io. I think he could certainly handle that job. Uh, you want to talk about a spark and a guard off the bench. It's Marquise Kennedy. Uh, he's a great player out of Chicago. Uh, was one of the freshmen of the year in the conference last year. One of the best players off the bench in the conference this year. He matches up great with Curbelo. Same size, same type of motor, you know, shooting ability, slicing ability, passing ability. So I think Loyola Chicago is going to give Illinois some trouble. Um, But I think Illinois, ultimately, you're talking about one of the best teams in the country. So I like them making it to the Final Four. Um, Like I said about Cuse, you know, I've just got a a gut feeling. I don't think Houston makes it past the Sweet 16. I think that's a team that could get upset. Uh, they, they had a little trouble down the stretch in, in the American. Um, it took a buzzer beater to beat a Memphis team that didn't make the tournament. So, I don't know. I, they haven't been a great team in March lately either. I remember a few years ago when they lost to Michigan in the Sweet 16 when, when Houston was a heart-breaker, popular heart-breaker.
0: pick. heartbreaker.
1: I, I, I picked Michigan in that game, and that, that was big for me. I, it came up in my snap memories today, three years ago today. Jordan Poole. To Shout out beater. to
0: Jordan Poole.
1: Yes, sir. Jordan Poole. He's, he's a real one. He deserves more playing time in golden state, but anyways, I think I'm with Illinois you on the final four out of the Midwest. That's the bottom line.
0: Yeah. I think I'm with you on Houston. Um, I didn't love Houston and I think they're prone for an upset. When I saw Illinois bracket, I was a little worried, but I was taking a breather because I think they got the easiest two to handle if you're Illinois. Um, the thing that, I mean, I have Houston in the Elite Eight, but to me it's just a matter of circumstance when I look at their draw. Um, I think West Virginia beats Houston if they do face each other in that Sweet 16, but the way I have it breaking down, it was just kind of a matter of the bracket where SDSU takes down West Virginia and Houston waltzes facing a 15-seeded Cleveland State, Rutgers, and San Diego State to me on on their journey there. But I, I do think if they run into Illinois, that'll give them a lot of problems.
1: Oh, for sure. And, you know, it's, it's the American Conference, which is kind of like in the purgatory of yeah. conferences. Is it mid-major? Is it power five? I look at it as more of a power six conference, especially now. Yeah. They've got well, a lot of good teams. But One of the know, things I, just,
0: I find – It's ooh. Illinois, man.
1: I don't think they're going to have any trouble with Houston if they play them.
0: One of the things I find really interesting regarding Houston, which I was looking at earlier today – Houston was twenty four and three, fourteen and three in conference. Wichita State was sixteen and five, eleven and two in conference. In that same American, they split with Houston in the two games they played against them. So, I mean, I'd say Houston's the better team. Obviously, they have the better record by a little bit, but. Wichita State was crowned American regular season champions with the 11-2 record. They've beaten Houston and split with them in the two games they've played, and one of these teams is a two-seed. The other one's in a first-four matchup uh, against the good Drake Bulldogs team. So kind of crazy there that, one, that the American only gets two teams in the tournament, and two, that Wichita State came that close to falling out of the tournament when they compare to Houston in a way that – I think is pretty similar. And I think that speaks to how I don't know if Houston belongs on that two line.
1: Yeah, I I agree. There's definitely a a few seeding spots that I really don't agree with. I mean, we talked about Loyola Chicago, but you want to talk about some of those lower seeds as well. Houston, man, I I don't know. I don't get it. Wichita State, like you said, they, I don't know, they needed to win a few games in the conference tournament. They needed to win that regular season title to, to kind of squeak in and they got a, a tough draw against Drake. I do think Wichita State will probably win that game against Drake. Uh, I like them over the Bulldogs, but man, I know the the Valley fans are passionate. They're they're rooting hard for the Bulldogs. They're hoping yeah. they knock off the Shockers. That people hate the Shockers now, man. Well, former, uh,
0: nobody's rooting for them. Former MVC too, so I know it's close to the heart of everybody yes. in the Valley and all the Valley fans, that anytime them and Creighton are are in a, a matchup with one of those teams, there's a lot of passion trying to take them out and show them that they messed up. So Oh yeah, for
1: sure. And it's it, I I love that storyline though, of Drake and Wichita State, because you know, Wichita State, they build up this great program under Greg Marshall and they say, Okay, we're getting out of here. We're going to get more consistent competition. We're going to get more NCAA bids in this conference. And then all of a sudden, what do you know? You're matching up against Drake, the second MVC team to make the NCAA tournament. So it's it the uh, ultimate stick it to the man. Oh, yeah. If Drake can win.
0: All right. Uh, that, that's about it. That's the full bracket. We do have our differences. Um, and we'll do this last little bit here because you and me, man, we didn't even plan this out, but if I'm not mistaken, I do think we have the same final four as it sits here on Wednesday evening. I've got Gonzaga and Texas and Baylor and Illinois matching up in Indianapolis. Uh, I believe that's the same for you now.
1: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That is correct.
0: So just hit me with your pick here. What do you think goes down in, in those final four games?
1: Uh, it's going to be tough for Texas to beat Gonzaga. Uh, I, I, think I Gonzaga's a, a good matchup against that Texas team. You know, Jalen Suggs against Texas, good backcourt, and then Cody Kispert, of course, a player that always comes to mind when you think Gonzaga, among others. They're a team that's deep. You know, everybody always kind of has their doubts about a team like Gonzaga playing out of a mid-major conference in March. I don't know if you remember this, but when we were in, like, high school and middle school, everybody would doubt Gonzaga and now it seems oh. like it's the other way around.
0: Well, I mean, they still need that national title though. They still have to show that they can uh, cut down the nets and that's the big one for me. It, Cause I'm with you. You'd see Gonzaga on that one or two line and it was like, Oh, well, there's the first one seed to go down in the second <laughs> round or something, whatever it was. Um, and now all of a sudden it's like, yep, they are that good. They are that for real. They're seemingly, and I agree with it. I think there is, much of a final four lock as you can find, especially yes. because I am. If you're a Gonzaga fan, I think you love your draw, I you love your region. There's nothing that scares me all that much there. I think Kispert can hang, handle Luca Garza if he needs to. I think Kansas is going to fall before they even see them. So, I, I mean, I really like the draw for the Zags. Um, I do have them beating Texas as well. But the other side is the game. That's the Final Four game that the rematch of Baylor and Illinois for me that I think is, I mean, if this Final Four happened, I just think it's an iconic Final Four. I think it's an all-time Final Four. And I have Illinois defeating Baylor. I have have the Illinois-Gonzaga championship matchup, which everybody's talking about. And regardless of how that goes, I think you're talking about one of the most memorable national championship games in college basketball of the 21st century, and one that you talk about 10 years, 15 years down the line of, remember that game, because that's one of the, that's, I mean, it's a crazy one.
1: Yeah, I could go either way between Baylor and Illinois, and I've got Baylor right now. But I I definitely think that either one of those two teams could give Gonzaga a run because they're that good. But I just – I don't like Illinois' matchup against Baylor because we always talk about Kofi Coburn. He's the guy, you know, you can feed him and he looks so dominant in the post. You can't do that against Baylor. Their defense is so good, they've got the size and the muscle to match it. And Kofi kind of got shut down in that game against Baylor.
0: To now, me, that's an game for me. Like that's one that Illinois could win, but it's going to have to be on the back of I.O. and, and it's going to have to be your big shot getter hitting the big shots late. He has to go and and, and go, you know, bucket for bucket with Jared Butler. You're going to have to have an A game if you're Illinois with Trent Frazier playing well. I, I do think this too. Illinois plays better when Adam Miller is successful. You mentioned him briefly. Um, he's kind of been a guy who is hard to read and, and as a freshman, but when Adam Miller shoots the basketball well, and you have him and DeMonte Williams on the outside as three point threats, it opens up the lane for IO to, to get down there, get his mid range going, or even for Andre Curbelo to do that little thing he likes to do where he goes around the world, little dump off past the Cobra. And all of a sudden there's a seven footer hanging off the rim. And uh, I think it really opens the floor for them. So when they play these big competitive games, whether it's Oklahoma State, whether it's Houston, West Virginia, whoever they might find in their tournament run, uh, Adam Miller is going to be a big, big part of it. And his success from the three-point line is going to affect the way their offense functions.
1: Yeah, I think Adam Miller is a guy that a lot of people kind of forgotten about because there's a lot of talk about him. Because of the whole recruiting deal, you know, is he going to sign? He signed his letter of intent kind of late, but ended up, of course, coming to Illinois. And in the first few weeks of the season, he lit it up, man. And then after that, he's kind of been up and down, up and down, up and down, not scoring in double figures a whole lot, but still, like you said, a very important part of the team because he's got that limitless range. And when he is on, he is on, man. He he We've loves seen it. The spotlight. He loves that those types of games. So I think he's going to have a big tournament. And like you said, if he gets going, it it opens things up because Iowa loves that mid-range game. And like you said, Corbello, probably not a great shooter, but if he gets going on the pick and roll, you know, on the slash inside, he can score at the rack or, like you said, pass it off to Kofi. So, I don't know. I, I definitely think that Illinois-Baylor would be a close game. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I-, I just I kind of like that matchup for Baylor, but I, okay, I'll hey. be rooting for I'll be rooting for Illinois. That's that's for darn sure.
0: Yeah, me too. I mean, and part of that is my bias setting in here, uh, wanting to root for Iota Sunmu, wanting to root for the back to back Illinois Mr. Basketball winner in oh, yeah. Adam Miller. Um, I love this team and, and uh as a fan of the team, as it as somebody who has watched every every minute of every game so far this year, I think this is I mean, it's the first time in my life that I've gone into a tournament thinking Illinois had a legitimate chance, but Kudos to Brad Underwood, what he's been able to do with the program in such a short period of time. He, he was ridiculed, criticized, said he wasn't rebuilding fast enough, but once he started getting his own recruits in here, this thing has turned around in a hurry. And uh, back to the Adam Miller thing, one of the things a few games into the season was everyone saying, well, now we know Adam Miller is not going to have a four-year career at Illinois. I don't know if that's the case because, I mean, he's been up and down, but I think the the bright side of if you're Illinois here is – yeah, you're going to lose Ayo to the draft. Yeah, you're going to lose some big pieces in Williams and Frazier. Who knows what happens with Kofi Kober next year. I don't know if he's an NBA guy or coming back for one more year. Um, we'll have to see how that plays out. But you have to feel good about Andre Curbelo, about Adam Miller coming back on this team and, and feeling like under Brad Underwood, Illinois is going to be back because this is where they should be. Um, they should be in the same situation Baylor's been in over the last few years because it's such a destination. There's no reason Illinois shouldn't be Michigan and what Michigan's done in the last 10 years going forward. But I think it's a realistic possibility for them now. So um, Illinois my national champion on my bracket. I, I start to let bias cloud my judgment uh, towards the end of it. You heard my rationale for why I think they get there. But, Larry, uh, who do you have cutting down the nets in Indy?
1: I've got Gonzaga. Um, I'm just having a hard time picking against them and I've still got my doubts though. I've still got my doubts because it always seems like a team entering undefeated can never run the table. Is Gonzaga going to be the team to do it? I don't know. Kentucky, that Kentucky team a few years back was so good. So good. They got beat by a Wisconsin team that made me fall in love with Wisconsin. So it's just like, I, don't know. I
0: thought, yeah, I mean, I thought Gonzaga was unbeatable. I think that BYU game kind of gave me a little bit of hope, and I know Gonzaga bounced back and and ran the second half the way they should, and they won the game. But seeing a team like BYU, who's on that sixth line and hasn't really beat anybody big up at the half, there gave me, I'm like, there is a path to defeating Gonzaga that yes. I think. At, Every team in the tournament, every one seed, every team that thinks they might face Gonzaga down the road, they're going to pull up that tape from the first half, BYU Gonzaga, and try and follow that model to a T.
1: 100%. They're beatable. And that's the thing. Like, I don't see this Gonzaga team and think, oh, man, you know, they're unbeatable. Just because there are a lot of great teams in this tournament, but then they're the great, great teams. And I think Illinois is one of them. I think Baylor is one of them. I think Gonzaga is one of them. Michigan you could make that argument for but obviously I don't have them moving into my lead eight. So I think it could really go to any one of three teams in Gonzaga, Baylor and Illinois.
0: I would be I would be surprised if one of those three teams wasn't the national champion. It is mm-hmm. what it comes down to. Like I think every year you like to I like to at least write down a list of teams. I'm like, I could see this team winning the national championship realistically. When I make that list, that's as far as it goes for me. It's Baylor, Gonzaga, Illinois. And you start talking about Ohio state, Iowa, Houston, even Alabama, like these teams. I just, I don't know if they have what it takes to get past any of those in the, the long marathon. That is the NCAA tournament. Um, so there's a reason that we both have them in the fall. We have all three of those in the final four. I hate picking chalk to the final four and that's Texas me for me here, but the three, one seeds there, I think they're so set apart in their talent and coaching and where they are right now in basketball that um, I really like that for, but uh, I, I think that I feel really confident about those three, at least making it to Indy.
1: Yeah, I don't know Baylor. I I go back and forth on, frankly, just because they're one of those teams that is so good. But you know, what if they fall off? You know, they they haven't had a a great march so far. You know, losing the Big Twelve tournament and, and losing to Oklahoma State. So I don't know. But I like you said, I just they've they've stood out to me all year. So it feels stupid for me not to pick them into the Final Four. But I can definitely see. Ohio State coming up with the upset and making it a, a Big Ten Final Four matchup. Boy, would that be fun.
0: Yeah, man. Uh, this hey, this is March. Anything can happen in March. NCAA tournament starts tomorrow, 5, 10 p.m. as Texas Southern takes on Mount St. Mary's for the sixteen seed and the right to take on, I believe that is uh, Gonzaga, right? The winner of that one?
1: Uh, The winner of that one. Michigan, was... Gonzaga. they play michigan mount st Mary's, texas southern
0: so there you go uh trying to become the second ever 16 seed to pull the upset and the official first round will be delayed today so that's friday 12 15 p.m tip off it's virginia tech and florida getting the first round underway um we'll all be tuning in as the world will be watching uh for a tournament that we've so dearly missed as sports fans so larry i appreciate you coming on uh This has been fun. I love talking college hoops right now, and this is the best time of year. So hopefully our picks go well. You and I are seeing pretty eye-to-eye on this stuff. So good luck in your pools, my man.
1: Thank you. You too. Um, I'm keeping my fingers crossed, but when I inevitably lose and my bracket is busted, I'll still be having fun and and hopefully at least rooting on the Illini.
0: There we go. All right, this is After Further Review. He is Larry Larson. I'm Sam Phelan. Checking out. Appreciate you guys.